Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Thankful for Faith, presented by Pastor Michael Summers on November 10th, 2019. You know what? You look marvelous. In fact, turn to somebody next to you and tell them that. Do it right now. I, I go, tell them, you look marvelous. Okay, now, now hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Stop, stop, time out. Some of you didn't mean it. Let's try that again. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you look marvelous. You look marvelous. You know, some of these are, are single. You know, I, hey, you know, you understand. Are you glad to be here? Amen. It is a great time to be here. And it's a joy for me to get to be here. It's a joy to have Tricia, my wife, with me here. Last time I was here, she didn't get to come, so she is there. And one of the neat things I like about what you're doing right now is you're having Advent for Advent. Advent means he's coming. Well, we're doing an Advent in thankfulness for the fact that we're going to celebrate he's coming. So last week you looked at grace, being thankful for God's grace, God's gift. What is his gift? His gift is himself. As he came and he died and he rose again for your sins, for mine, so that we might have everlasting life with him. What a great gift. Wasn't forced. That's what a gift is. Grace means it's given to you. I like that. But what's neat about that is Paul links that in Ephesians 2 with faith. For by grace you are saved through faith. That's the means by which we receive him. The means by which we accept that gift. Jesus said to as many as receive him, he gave the gift of everlasting life. We get to receive him. So this Sunday we're talking about faith and being thankful for that. Make sense? Next Sunday, it's going to be hope. Amazing how if we have faith, then we can have hope. Can't really have hope until you have faith first. Make sense? And then after that, when we can truly have hope, then we can have love and be thankful for that. Some of you are saying there, who is this dude? <laughs> well, I'm 6'6". Six, six. I know that's a question in some people's minds. And yes, the weather up here is the same as it is down there, so it's okay. All right. I'm Michael Summers. For the last four plus years, I've been at the New Mexico Baptist Foundation. And as I've shared many times with different churches, the foundation was created nearly 75 years ago by the convention to do three things. To talk about stewardship and help churches and individuals with estate planning and things like that. To help with church loans so that one day when we move out of this into our own building, we may need to talk to the foundation. In this case, it's now kind of separated to a separate thing called Church Finance Corporation and get a loan so we can be in a bigger place with more people and more cold air blowing on me. Yes. Hard to preach about hell when it's blowing so cold. No, it's good thing that's not our topic today, right, Floyd? And then the third thing, <laughs> see, it's those little hints 
that, that he picks up on. If, oh, I need to turn that down. It's freezing up here. You know, if you see me inch out to the pews, you know it got really cold up here. Uh, but, you know, church loans, stewardship, but also to manage the monies that have been given for generations to come. And so they do all that. Now, I'm not the money manager. I'm an old preacher and teacher. I was at Wayland for nearly 20 years teaching after I pastored for several years. And since I've been here, I teach for Gateway. And I, yes, I've taught your staff. Yes, they did pass. Yes, their prayer life increased during that time in order to pass. My pocketbook didn't, but they passed. And it's a joy to travel with them and, and to journey with them and be part of their life until God calls us back. And now I get to be a part of your life more, hopefully, in the future. As we get to be with family every week, different churches, it's a wonderful thing. But today we're going to talk about faith. Thank you for turning that off. Easier to hear me, too. So what I want you to do is notice a couple of things. The Old Testament doesn't really use the word faith like we think of it, but a couple of times. Now, it uses believe and, and faithfulness and things like that over and over again, but faith is used primarily in the New Testament. Why? Because we now know God through Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, but it's faith in who? In Jesus. It's hard to talk about that before he came. So they were thankful for God. They were thankful for his faithfulness, but they talk in it a different way. Look at Psalms 117, just a minute. And in Psalm 117, we have one of those examples of how they speak of it. It's actually one of the passages that really uses the word faith in the Old Testament. And I think it's important to start there before we start talking about why we can be thankful, because we have to start with our reason for faith. Psalm 117, only two verses. Now, you know the psalm after it. You've probably heard that if you've been in church or, or anything. The psalm after it, Psalm 118, is the one that says, His love endures forever, over and over and over and over again. But Psalm 117, only two verses and yet very powerful. Praise the Lord, who? All the nations. Not just the people of Israel. Not just Christians. All nations, extol him, all you peoples, exalt him. For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. I can have faith in God and what he did through Christ because he is faithful. We forget that sometimes. We always talk about God is love. But God's faithfulness endures forever. He shows us what faith is. He has faith in us. Did you ever think about that? I'm so glad God created me and had faith enough to think that I could receive him and follow him and be used by him. Why me? I mean, Floyd's used by God, but I'm a lot taller than he is. I, I'm disqualified. I knew he was going to squeeze that in. That's right. I have to. God has faith in you that you can walk with him, that you can talk with him, that you can be with him and be used by him. That should be a reason to praise, to give thanks. When you want to give up, God hasn't. 
So my source of faith comes not only because of what he did, but because of his faithfulness and his faith in us. I like how those words sound the same. Did you ever notice that? Faithfulness means faith in us. If I'm going to be faithful to my family or to my students or to you or to someone on the street that God leads me to, then I have to have faith in them as well. Do you ever think about evangelism from that way? Maybe you don't tell people about Christ because you really don't have faith in them to follow Christ. I know I've been guilty of that. I share, but then I don't keep at it. Why? Well, they rejected it. They didn't receive him right away. And yet God never gives up. I'm so glad. We shouldn't either. Look with me at Romans chapter 1, and we're going to see how faith is something to be thankful for. Romans chapter 1, Paul is writing to the church at Rome, or the churches. They all met in houses. They didn't have cathedrals or buildings like we don't have here even. They, they would meet in storefronts. They would meet in homes. And he hasn't been there yet. He hopes to get there, but he doesn't know if he'll ever be there. But he wants to write a letter to encourage them and tell them about this faith in more detail that they've received. And we're just going to look at the first 17 verses. But in there, we're going to see some different aspects of faith to be thankful for today. So if you have your Bible, follow with me. I'm reading in the NIV. It's on, going to be on the screen as well. But before we do that, let's pray just a moment. And praise God again for his faithfulness before we start looking at our faithfulness. Okay? Pray together. Father, I thank you for the opportunity this morning to worship you with brothers and sisters in Christ, with others who are seeking you. And Lord, I pray that as we talk about what faith really means and why it's so important, that you would strengthen our faith, that you would encourage our hearts you would guide our minds, that you would use our hands. Father, use this time as we listen to your word, speak to us, and we will follow as we sing, no matter what the cost. In your name we pray, amen. So look there with me. Romans chapter 1 begins kind of like they normally do. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the, old, in the Holy Scriptures, regarding his son, who, as to his divine nature, was descendant of David, and who, through the spirit of holiness, was declared with power, all those miracles, to be the son of God, and by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, if you haven't done something here, and it's okay to mark in your Bibles and take notes, whatever, but note again, Jesus, that's his name. That's the Greek for Yeshua, which was his Hebrew name. Christ is Greek for Messiah. That's the title. He's the Savior. Our what? Lord. Our God. But also our Master. That's what Lord means. So he's making a very clear statement right up front. I am Paul. I am an apostle. I'm called to preach the gospel 
to all these people. I'm the one writing this to you. And it all comes from the fact that Jesus is the Christ and he is our Lord. Then he says, through him, through Jesus, and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among all the Gentiles to, to the obedience that comes from faith. Now, we'll come back to verse 5 here a little bit later. But you see the first talk about faith there. And you who are among those who are called to belong Christ Jesus. So we are called to preach this gospel. Then he says in verse 7, To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's his introduction. If Paul had lived today, he'd probably just do like we do. Hey. No. But Paul does a little bit more than that, thankfully. We're a little more informal. Howdy. I'm Michael. I'm here to preach. How about you? You're going, I'm not here to preach. I don't want to get up there. Guess what? We're all here to preach as we go out and work every day. As we share the gospel, as we share the love of Christ, as we do good deeds for others and share and encourage in his name. But Paul says, I'm writing this to you. Here's who I am. And then he says this, verse 8. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith which is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and to non-Greeks. Your version may say barbarians. That's how they, the Greeks referred to anybody who wasn't Greek. Both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So start there in verse 8. I said we'd come back to verse in a moment, but let's start in verse 8. It's very important. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because of your faith and it's being reported all over the world. So, I thank my God. There's our thanksgiving. We're in that season of thankfulness, right? So, who do we thank? And again, I'm a teacher. I can wait. <laughs> who do we thank? God. God. We're thanking God. If you don't get through November without thanking God over and over and over again, something's wrong. We need to talk. Because there's lots of things we can thank God for doing in our lives and in the lives of others. But Paul says, I thank my God 
How? Through Jesus Christ. Did you ever think about that? We can't really offer thanks to God and understand what we're thanking Him for without knowing Christ. You know, I see football players and other people say, oh, I thank God for this. And they're as lost as everything. They don't know Jesus. They've never received Jesus. They're just giving thanks to whoever's out there. They might as well thank the sponsor of the commercials on the football game. That's as far as their thanks go. But when I thank God through Christ, it's personal. It's meaningful. Why? Because I have a reason to give thanks. I know God. Because Jesus is Lord. He is God. That's exciting. So I give thankfulness to God just because I get to know God as he knows me. Give thanks through Christ for what? All of you. See, these aren't hard questions. It's just reading the verse. Sometimes we make this so difficult. It's not. I give thanks through Christ for who? For you. Why? Because of your faith. In this case, with the Romans, their faith has been heard all over the world. Why? Because Roman, Rome was the center of the world at that time. And so everywhere news traveled, they shared about this weird group of people that claimed to know God through Christ that they called Christians. What a great thing that as people come and go through Rio Rancho, they would spread the news that there's a group of people that meet at a place called Sol Rio that know Christ. And they live differently. We need to be famous for God. I don't have to make him famous. I know there's a song that says, I love to make you famous, God. But he's already famous. He's God. But if we become famous for him... That spreads the gospel. Because then people are talking about us, not for what we did, but for what he's done in us. That's something to give thanks for. Do you have things you can thank God for what he's done in your life? Things coming up that he's going to do? So thanksgiving starts when we know Christ and can truly give thanks to the one that we can attribute that too, those blessings. But the greatest blessing is our faith, our faithfulness. Notice why he says a little bit further. He says, it's the same thing I've been preaching, I want to preach. And then notice in verse 11, here we have that word faith again. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Now you may think, oh, he's going to give them a special gift, like we have this list of the gifts of the Spirit. No. This is that gift we never talk about. Same words, spiritual gift, but it's a gift we never talk about enough. Notice what he says it is. This spiritual gift that will help you grow in your faith is this, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by what? each other's faith. Did you ever think about church is a gift of God? To come together and be encouraged, Bible study, to meet and study God's word with other Christians. Oh, I hate doing that because they, they think they know the answer. They don't. And I have to listen to 
Jason's stories. He's so old. You ever feel like that? Sure, we all do. Let's be honest. We forget that the greatest gift we have is to encourage each other in the faith, to see their faithfulness and God being faithful in their life. And as something happens to them, God steps in and moves and we forget to rejoice and give thanks because that gives us another reason to be faithful. I can do it because God did it in you. Has God moved in your life? Raise your hand if you've seen God do something in your life. Look around. Keep your hands up. When you get down, remember these hands. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. Why? Because you're just as marvelous as they are in God's eyes. Didn't we start off that way? He doesn't play favorites. He didn't say, oh, you deserve to be blessed and you don't know. God is faithful and his faithfulness endures forever. That's a promise to all of us. He loves you. We need to celebrate that more often. We need to give thanks for coming together and make this a place where more and more people come together. Why? So we can encourage each other. And maybe we quit talking about why the Cowboys lose and start talking about what God did in our life this week and saying, wow, let me tell you what he did in my life. Because that's how we encourage one another. What a gift. A true spiritual gift to give thanks for. Find somebody today that you can tell what God did in your life and share that with. But move on. What else happens there? I want to come and encourage you and be encouraged by your faith. It says, I wasn't able to come sooner, but I'm obligated both to Greeks and Gentiles, or non-Greeks, to wise and foolish. That's why I'm eager. So we come to verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of who? Everyone who what? Okay, he didn't just save everybody and you don't have to worry about it. He didn't do the work on the cross and I'm good regardless. No, it's everyone who believes. This word believe in your Bible this word right here in the Greek is the word faith. We translate believe because it shows I have faith. That's how we talk about it. But the power of the gospel is there for everyone who believes, who has faith. What a great thing to give thanks for. That means I don't ever have to give up on someone else. I just need to keep sharing what God can do in their life. Does that make sense? I'll come back here so I'm not in front of the speaker. I know how that works. Is the power to everyone who has faith. So don't stop praying. Don't stop sharing. Don't stop caring and doing and serving. Because eventually, they may receive. They may believe. Not because God changed, but because they see you have faith also. See, as the word spread out about the Romans' faith, 
It was not just their faith as an intellectual experience or something they said. It spread because people were giving their lives to Christ because they had been around others who had given their life to Christ. I had faith because I saw the faithfulness of others and they led me to Christ. In my case, my mom and dad. My children have faith because they saw the faithfulness of their mom. Okay, me too, but, you know. And we led them to Christ. That's the way it is for everyone. Maybe not your physical mom and dad, but somebody leads you to Christ through their faith. It is the power of salvation for everyone who will believe. And that tense there says, will believe. It can be interpreted that way. If you'll just believe, you'll be saved. But notice what else he says after this. First for the Jew, well, that's because God came to them first back in the Old Testament. And it says they were saved by their faith. That's what Hebrews 11 is all about. Not by works. Nobody's ever saved by works. Let me ask you a question. Can you be saved by your works? The answer is no. no. We're saved by faith. Receiving him, believing in him, confessing him, living for him. You'd be amazed how many people think, yeah, but I'm just as good as they are. It doesn't matter. Paul will say later in this same book, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None is righteous. No, not one. We all need faith in Christ. But notice what he says in verse 17. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. It's revealed through Christ, but it's also revealed in us. As we no longer live according to our righteousness, but we now get his righteousness. Why? Because it's a righteousness that comes, how? By faith. comes by faith from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith now all translations have different ways that they they try to explain it and, and take those original passages and this is one of those places I like the NIV because it's our language but this is one of those passages I wish they had stayed a little closer to what it said in the Greek and, and didn't try to explain it a little bit in the Greek it says for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, from faith to faith, or for faith, or into faith. So your righteousness in God came by your faith in Christ. Now his righteousness is yours. So our sins are forgiven. We're now made clean. But we're made clean for faith... To grow into more faith. It's almost a faith that says, I'm here to, to have faith in myself, in, in, within me. I trust in God. I have this belief, but I have to have faith that goes and does something with God. It's active. It's not just a statement of faith. If your faith was something you... I confessed to a long time ago and it didn't change your life. It wasn't faith. Sorry. 
James deals with that. You say you believe, but you have no works. Your belief isn't worth much. If it doesn't change your life, you're not having faith that goes into faith, a living faith. And that's where he ties it back to what he said in verse 5. Look back at verse 5. Through him and for his name's sake we received grace. We talked about that last week. And apostleship, this calling, we all are called of God to go and, and serve people and share him. To call people from among all the Gentiles to what? The obedience that comes, that grows out of faith. If we say we have faith in Christ, then we can give thanks for God's faithfulness. We can give thanks for his salvation and his righteousness that he gives to us through faith. We can give thanks for the power that we sang about earlier to not be afraid of things because we have faith in God. We can give thanks because of the faith of others that encourages us, but we give thanks most effectively and demonstratively when we obey in faith. And our lives show it without us even saying a word. That's how we give thanks. That's the worship of presenting yourself daily as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. That's what Paul will say later. The obedience that comes from faith is another way we say thank you, God. When I was first married years ago, Trisha and I did a thing where we just said, you know, what, what are some things that you do that show you love me? And one of those things she wrote down was, you show you love me when you take out the trash. I've always remembered that. Such a simple thing. But that was something I could do for her. Just take out the trash. But you know, as I show her I love her by taking out the trash... It really shows I love her if she doesn't have to tell me to do it. If it's not piled up in the corner. We say we love God. We say we have faith in God. But if he's always having to remind us to obey him, we're not showing a lot of faith in God. We're not showing a lot of love for God. We show we really love him by doing it without him having to tell us all the time. Breaks my heart sometimes to see later where some of the apostles have to talk about forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Uh, Floyd and I were even talking about this of, of the conundrum of regular church attenders now are here once every six weeks. You know, when did that become a thing? Oh, I'm here once every six weeks. Well, it's here. There's 52 weeks. Five by six, that means I get to come, oh, maybe eight times a year. But I'm regular. I don't know. If, if the only time I told Patricia I loved her was eight times a year, I don't think she'd think I was very loving. How about you? And what did it say? We're encouraged by each other's faith. It's not about doing it out of a sense of obligation or duty. It's about coming together to encourage each other, to share faith, to worship together, to worship God, to celebrate, to 
cry, to rejoice, to hurt, to heal. I don't have to be chastised. I don't have to be told over and over again, hey, you need to be in church. At least I shouldn't be. Why? Because it's an obedience that comes out of faith, just like giving. We don't take an offering plate here. How do we give? Floyd, with an offering plate? You're going to? You didn't do it yet. Ah, right after. Okay. That's another way. Do we give? Obedience. Serve. Am I serving? Am I... Am I spending time with him? Am I praying? Am I reading his word? If you love somebody, you want to be with them all the time. Do you love God? Find a way to be with them more. Do you love your fellow brother and sister in Christ? Then let's be together more. Let's do life together. But we do it not just out of obedience. We also do it, and here's this foundation side of me coming out, as an investment in the future and the generations to come. Faithfulness has to go after us. I want us to enter into a time of prayer. And in this time, what I want to do is I, I want to share a, a song with you. It's, I don't have the music because it's on a cassette tape and they don't have those anymore. <laughs> but and, and so I'll, I'll be, I'll just kind of sing it a little bit for you. But I want you in an attitude of prayer, heads bowed and eyes closed. And I want you to think about the words of this older song, not old. And be praying about your faithfulness. And then after that, what I'll do is I'll invite us to stand still in an attitude of prayer, heads bowed and eyes closed. And the invitation is the most important part of the service. Because that's when we respond to God. And in our invitation, just going to have the music playing. We're not going to sing anything, but I'm going to ask you to do a few things when that time comes. Is that okay? Because we need to encourage each other. We need to thank God for faith. And we need to show it. So heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me just share with you again these words written long ago by... John Moore, they say this. We're pilgrims on the journey of the narrow road. And those who've gone before us line the way. Cheering on the faithful, encouraging the weary. Their lives a stirring testament to God's sustaining grace. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race not only for the prize, but as those who've gone before us, let us leave to those behind us the heritage of faithfulness passed on through godly lives. And after all our hopes and dreams have come and gone, and our children sift through all we've left behind. May the clues that they discover and the memories they uncover become the light that leads them to the road we each must find. 
And the chorus said this. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. Lord, I pray that that would be our prayer. That we would give thanksgiving to you through our faithfulness. As we share our faith, as we show our faith, as we live it day in and day out. Still in an attitude of prayer, we're going to have a time of response. And in this response, I'm going to ask you to do one of several things. If you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never trusted Him, if you've never believed in Him and had faith in Him, Floyd's going to be here at the front. Come and ask Him how you can have faith. It's real simple. Just do it. I trust you, Lord. I give you my life. Forgive me. Heal me. Save me. I'll follow you. It's not about the words. It's about the faith. It's about receiving him as your Lord and Savior. It's about living for him. But also as we stand in a moment, maybe you need to go to somebody and say thank you for your faith. You encouraged me. You don't know it, but I watched you as you walked through that trial. And God did something with you and in your life, and it made all the difference in me. Thank you for your faithfulness. You just told people they look marvelous. Let's close by telling people, thank you for your faithfulness. Maybe you could find somebody to share that with. Maybe you just need to pray with your family. Lord, help me to be more faithful. Let me be that faithful dad, that faithful mom, that faithful grandparent that they can see. Maybe you need to pray for your children or grandchildren during this time and just say, Lord, help us be a family of faith so they grow and know nothing more than faithfulness. But he calls us to respond. And so we do so in faithful obedience. How God leads you right now to come and pray with Floyd, to go and share with others, to pray with your family or with someone else. The music's going to play. The lights are dimmed. Would you stand with me right now? And as you do that, I'm going to go to my wife and thank her for her faithfulness. And we're going to pray together. You go as God leads you here, and then Floyd will come and close us in a moment. As God leads, we respond right now. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 
1-800-242-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.